G'day. We're live. I'm excited. We have Jack. I just had a bit of a celebrity shock there. I'm like, wait a second. Wait a second. How do I introduce this wonderful, glorious, beautiful, handsome, charming, intelligent, uh, super celebrity on the channel? And I thought, just, we're with Jack. Uh, a man who needs really no introductions. We are with Jack. From Rerolling Ones, we are talking all things Stormcast Eternals. They've gotten a, a nice little boost in the General's Handbook. Super excited to see yeah. how Jack, the Herald of Shootfu, is building his lists. There's a bit of a teaser on how Jack's building his list, but g'day. Hey, hey, uh, well, uh, thank you for having me. I uh, That was a great introduction. Oh, wow. Oops, thank, sorry about that. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of AOS Coach, and uh, I'm uh, just... Honored to be on your show. Well, two times this year, the honor is all mine. Uh, and g'day everyone in the chat joining us. This should be a good show because Stormcast have had a bit of a rough ride. I was going through um, my books and I remember when I very first started Age of Sigma, Stormcast Eternals were the running joke. They were, every six months they got a battle tome, they got something new. It's like, ah, oh, Stormcast, when does someone else get a book? They haven't had an update since 2018. Like I was like what <laughs> yeah i mean you know i think we're due for, i think if a chamber came out now people would be fine with it so i think I, i'm surprised man like it's been it's been two solid years i think it was in june 2018 so it's been a good solid two years before they got an updated battle tome mm -hmm. yeah it's a it's and it's like it's the poster boy i'm excited to see where they go in the future i have a uh some like ideas i've heard uh, on warhammer weekly they were talking about maybe books coming out similar to like space wolves and ultramarines have their own book maybe like hollow knights and anvils and all this stuff i'm looking forward to that future uh but now it is a, an exciting time to be a stormcast player again yeah and you know that's something that i would like i know um some people don't like the idea of the way space marine chapters work and I don't like the the reflection between Stormcast and Space Marine. Yes, there's some commonality, but I don't think they're a complete replica. But being mm -hmm. able to have a really specific chamber, and I think you know, having something like the uh, the anvils, the anvils will feel very much like anvils, as opposed to mm -hmm. what I think at the moment, and partially why I'm excited about this episode as well, is because it's probably the book with the most amount of of War Scrolls. Um, it's yes. something like 200 pages, obviously not of all War Scrolls, but that becomes very difficult to build lists and find synergies, and it gives you options, but it can also be daunting. So Yeah, it's yeah very daunting for new players. I uh, liken it to Corn, where it's as complicated or as easy as you want to make it as far as, like, you can take... And also, like, what is your goal? Is your goal to have a, friend, a fun game with your mates, you know, just... Chilling, or if you to take in tournaments, there are two vastly lists you got to build, and there's so many options, it's easy to mess up. So let's let's start off. Let's imagine I haven't played Stormcast before, because you have shared two lists, and there's a bonus list. We'll kind of go over <laughs> bonus list. Um, but why Stormcast? Why did you choose Stormcast? What appealed to you, and what are they good at? How why I chose Stormcast. Um, and it, it, I, started, I chose it because it came in the box. You know, to be honest, it was corn uh, and Stormcast, and I bought it. Uh, my brother, my brother already had Seraphon, and I just picked the Stormcast guys. And it was one of those things where it's like 
I don't know if you equate it to being in a relationship with somebody or you're just like, oh, this is here just to until I get something better or it's a job. And then you realize you're falling in love with it and like, oh, this was just meant to be something to, uh, until Slanesh came out, this was going to be my side army. And then, you know, I started taking the tournaments and starting winning. And you started making booty calls to tournaments, did you? You're like, yeah. oh, I just... <laughs> Yeah, and so and I took it to tournaments, and I'm hearing everything online. People tell me that they suck, don't take this, don't like this, and I took them to my first tournament ever, and I won with it. It was a three round tournament, and I was like, oh, I guess I'm just amazing at this game. But it just I was playing off meta, and I was just people weren't expecting my certain list, and then I look back on that and realize it. But yeah, it is just it is a very solid army, and it is very easy to paint for new painters. Uh, what I found because you know that just you can either put gold and follow that easy scheme, and you can just you can even prime it gold and just pick out the things. It's a very good starting army. I have grown an appreciation of Stormcast the minute I took the helmets off and put human heads. I think for me personally, mm -hmm. I didn't like the I didn't like the faceless heads, um, mm -hmm. and I know there's obviously story behind it. But the moment I started putting heads on, I I got some, you know, Space Wolf heads. I got some Empire heads. I've gotten a whole bunch of different ones to play around. I've even got the Forge World heads, both the male and the female. I look at them now and I look at my uh, my Knight of Zeros. I look at my Knight Heraldo. I look at all these different models and I'm like, I'm now tempted. I'm now tempted to buy an army. They are a cool army. I think I've now found my aesthetic. So It's funny. I did the exact opposite. Like anything where they had their head showing, I'm like, well, you're in war. Why wouldn't you wear a helmet? You might get hit in the head. And so I would take models that didn't have a head showing, like Black Talon. I was like, okay, I can build the ultimate build. I can build her. Uh, she has to have a helmet on, obviously. I don't want her to get hit in the head. And it's hard for me to uh, – I don't like painting the skin, so that's another reason. Look, regardless, I think Stormcast Eternals, what bring what is really cool about them is they uh, literally are adaptable. You've just you just heard it here, right? I don't like them um, with their with their masks on. I prefer heads, and I, there's a whole different bunch of kits that you can pull from. At the same time, Jack loves the heads. I've seen people use old Knight Bretonian heads. I've seen people use oh, yeah. is it um, uh, her Heresy the MK the older kind of style MK threes or whatever it is. They've got like a um, some very like more like 40k nightly type of heads but regardless you know uh, and then you obviously got so many different cool paint schemes but either way stormcast eternals lots of models they are adaptable you've got you know shooting monsters you've got uh you know some some good armor saves you've got some magic you have a whole bunch of allies you can pull from yeah that's one of the best things is you can pull from such a huge range for allies where you know, with with a new Seraphon, like like on some of my lists, there's you'll see a theme with <laughs> like being able to pull Seraphon in is answers so many of the questions that uh, the shortages that Stormcast had as being like the ability to get those command points, or if you throw in some Salamanders, which are devastating, team that with a Knight Azros where they're rerolling their ones to hit. It's there's a lot of little combos you can come up with through your allies. And then you can bring in, you know, your, um, your city, you know, there's, there's just so much you can you can do with it, which is very cool. Can you ally with cities? Was that updated? Uh, yes. Well, uh, so uh, Stormcast can ally with order. Ah, so course. they can, whatever is, even like, I don't know how it works with Legends now, but like, I'm sure you can't take Legends to like a match play tournament. So that might be out of the question now. But just like, I think Legion of the Gash can ally with uh, Death, Stormcast can ally with order. 
So it's pretty. Like, no, nah, legion, legions is broken up specifically to the keyword. So oh. yeah, that's uh, all good. Like regardless, your ally pool is crazy and probably one of the only few that can actually do with Seraphon, which um, is a huge difference. Do we want to get into some of the Allegiance abilities and talk a bit about? Because yes, Jack, you 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 have shared with me two lists, so we're going to go through two lists and we'll put some of that context as well. It's a lovely <laughs> ice cream. I think I think Jack's getting ice cream delivered. Uh, I just told I just told him I've been training, I've been doing boxing, I'm eating oats with my chia seeds, and Jack tries to tempt me with some ice cream. Thanks, Jack. <laughs> Appreciate it. Cool. So what? So talk me through the allegiance ability. So imagine I'm a I'm a new Stormcast player or even just someone who is is okay and I'm looking to get better at a tournament. Maybe get three wins, maybe get four wins, hell, get five wins. The the possibilities are there. Okay, so I'll go with the uh so Sounds of the Storm, the first allegiance ability, and I believe the most important one. Uh because you know, Stormcasts aren't some of like their base model, you know, you have a five-up move, some of the heroes are even four. But the speed kills and the to, the ability to be somewhere uh, where your opponent doesn't expect. Uh, so what it is, you can place one out of four units in the celestial realm, which is off table, and then uh, at the end of your movement phase, you can deploy them anywhere on the table outside of nine inches of, of an opponent. Meaning, uh, you know, so you can grab an objective or you know try to make a charge. And one of the lists I have there, it depends on uh, making that charge after you come down. And uh, yeah, it's just speed. Stormcasts, they may not look fast, but they have so many ways to get around the board uh, and just unexpected. And uh, yeah, it's a very quick and maneuverable army. Did you mean one in every two, not one in every four? Uh, did I say one in every, isn't it one in every four? Uh, no, oh, it's one in every two. Yeah, so you set one one reserve unit in the in the realm for each yeah. unit you have yeah, on the battlefield. Yeah, sorry. So yeah, up to half your uh, units can be in the realm, so. Yeah, so well, it means that you know you, if you've got eight units in your um, in your list, it means four of them can be deployed uh, off the side of the board and can be brought in at the end of a movement phase uh, or end of your movement phase. So that gives you that versatility that allows you to uh, position yourself better for objectives. Or maybe if your opponent focuses on one particular flank, it means you can quickly kind of put bodies near that objective. Or maybe potentially, if an opponent's moved off an objective you could challenge that because they've moved away from it. So mm. from, an, from a flexibility point of view, it's incredibly useful. It also means you can avoid a lot of like t turn one alpha strikes, right? Exactly. Like, like uh, so. you know, Zinch, uh, uh, the flamer list that was really popular a little bit ago, you can put some stuff on the outside of the, uh, the table or board. And then once they do their thing, you come down and uh, counter strike them. And so a lot, a lot of counter punching with that. A lot of versatility. It's great. Uh, even simple things like having a ballista, right? You know, there are some things like the, the Stormcast ballista where oh, yeah. you get a whole bunch of benefits by being within 18, but to get a ballista close to 18 is quite difficult. Boom, you put it on the side and it's just harassing, harassing, harassing. Mm -hmm. And, and people, the, your opponent has to think about that. Like, okay, I, I have to be worried about where he's going to set up. I still need to protect things in order, like I have to keep it, you know, out, so outside of nine, so I need to keep my vulnerable stuff outside of nine, so over 18 inches, so the ballista doesn't get multi-shots on it. There's just a lot of a uh, lot of little cheeky gameplay you can do. Yeah, that, that's correct as well. So um, you put one unit in reserve for every unit on the battlefield, and when you bring it in at the end of your movement phase, 
Um, it has to be outside of nine inches from your enemy. So it can be put on anywhere on the board. So it's not like Living City where Living City has to come on a table edge. This can come anywhere on the board so long that it's within uh, outside of nine inches from an enemy unit or any enemy unit, actually. Yeah, and but you do have to, uh, they have to be on the table before the start of the fourth battle round or Correct. else they'll be slain. So usually that won't come up. Yeah, you, you, and you probably don't want to hold things in for too long. That obviously is a little bit different to, say, the Celestin Prime, which has its own kind of reserve, but that's just an mm -hmm. Allegiance-wide ability, which is pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, and I think people are moving away from um, um, Total Commitment, which I never really minded the way I played, but it, that was one of the things where you couldn't do that. You had to set up on the table edge, which really hurt, hurt Stormcast and, you know, cities and things like that. People who had uh, the ability to set off off table and it kind of just it was unlike in that the game isn't meant to be completely balanced but it kind of hurt those armies more it was a big kick in the groin for stormcast mm -hmm. i i did laugh a little bit but then i actually felt bad and i i didn't mm -hmm. use it in a tournament i laughed first i'm like haha you cop it now but uh then i felt really sorry mm -hmm. and i never i never used it um because it'd be a jerk move well trust me i'd rather have that than i played in a tournament that had the uh the six inch like range for shooting <laughs> that was brutal <laughs> that yeah next rule you've got is shock and awe so you subtract one from the hit rolls for attacks made uh to the friendly stormcast units that have set up on that turn so you this is in combination of scions of the storm and you drop them down and minus one a hit i think that's the most forgotten allegiance ability at least for me i always forget i have it <laughs> i'm like oh i had shock and awe last turn oh well why why do you forget about it uh, honestly, cause I'm not, uh, I don't like, I'm a, a very hit and move kind of a uh, player where I'm just kind of like surgically striking, deleting something. And so I don't get in combat that often. And, uh, so when I did get shot at, it wasn't that big a deal, but I just would always forget that I have shock and awe. So I'm minus one to hit. I know exactly why I would forget about it. And that's because when you find the time to bring down, bring down that unit, you're thinking about those next move. You know, you've got the end of the movement phase. You're thinking, right, I'm now going to set up a charge. I'm going to do some shooting. I'm going to shoot into X. I'm going to make all these moves. And because your thought process is thinking about the next turn or the next sequence of moves, you always forget about that. So my advice to anyone is find yourself a minus one to hit token. The minute you put those models on the board, pop a token down to remind yourself that um, in that turn, you are minus one to hit for attacks made oh, by that storm, to those Stormcast units. I want to point out something that uh, James Brown in the chat just said that I never even actually noticed because I did associate Shock and Awe with Signs of the Storm. It's actually any time you set up a unit. So if you do ride the, ride the Winds Etheric or you translocate or any time you're setting up a unit, uh, you get Shock and Awe which uh thank you very much <laughs> that is a, that, that is very good because it's not specifically to scions of the storm i think yeah. of the sequence of events because of scions of the storm but you're right every time you set up that that's the prime the prime mm -hmm. will get that as well so there's a whole bunch of things depending on it's the setup um mm -hmm. not when you activate scions of the storm good mm -hmm. shout james amazing amazing mm -hmm. why are you on the show jack where's james yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then finally, you've got the storm host. So, uh, if your if your army is a stormcast of turtles army, you can give it 
the, sto the storm host keyword? Do I have to give it, Jack, or can I optionally you, not take you a... Not uh, you do not have to. You can uh, a lot of, like the, it was more popular before the staunch uh, cast build, because you cannot have staunch, staunch, staunch defender if you take a storm host, because they give you a command trait that you have to take, as well as the item you have to take. Uh, but yeah, the staunch defender uh, is the the plus one to your save bubble if you don't charge, and uh, people would give that to a Star Drake as long as, as well as like the Castellant, and I believe an item that is no longer available because of uh, my sorcerer items are gone. But I actually never ran it. I fought it a couple times, but never ran it. So basically, with the Stormhost guys, um, if you're choosing a Stormcast army, you can choose a sub allegiance, so an additional set of rules. But it does mean that some of the things like your command traits, your first artifact are allocated to you. So if you take Hammers of Sigma, Hallowed Knights, Celestial Vindicators, Anvil of Heldenhammer, Knight Excelsior, Celestial Warbringers, Tempest Lords, and Astral Templars. So they are your options. If you don't like those options, you can do your own custom build. You forfeit the rules allocated by the Storm Host, but you can choose your command trait. You can choose your first artifact. There's a whole mm -hmm. bunch of things that come with it. So hey, I'm, uh, that's one of the things about where I mentioned about if they get if these each get individual books because I would like to see like because pretty much every special character you have to take hammers of Sigmar to use because mm. they have that keyword and so uh, you know I like Vandis I like uh, Black Talon I you know and I, even this just for a flavorful game just a narrative game but I play like Anvils is like where my heart lies just because their abilities are so good. Um, but uh, Hammers is good as well. They have that shrug. Well, let's talk about Anvils first. So mm -hmm. uh, the first list we're going to go through of Jacks is the Anvils uh, list, and mm -hmm. you get a couple of things. So this is obviously the optional, so you've chosen the Stormhost. Mm -hmm. What do you get for your buck? So the first things first is um, no true death. You can reroll failed Battleshock test for friendly Anvils of Hell that have a unit. Why is that mm -hmm. important to you? Uh, because Stormcast is a – they don't have a lot of models in their army. So – Losing stuff to Battleshock is huge. It's not like you have a 40-man blob where if you lose five guys or whatever to Battleshock, you're still okay. Like each, especially the way I played where I had the Liberator tax or whatever, so a lot of minimum units and like a couple big blocks of long strikes. Losing anything to Battleshock sucks, and being able to reroll that is uh, amazing. So basically because Stormcast Eternals don't really have any single wound heroes, you can't afford to lose anything, especially yeah. if you're taking, you know, your kitty cats or you're taking something with, you know, three, four, five wounds. You really want to be thinking about making sure that you don't um, you don't lose those models in, a, in, a, in, in Battleshock mm -hmm. um, and you're not spending a, a command point to uh, Inspiring Presence if you don't mm -hmm. have to. So the, the ability to keep your CP for other, other things is going to be critical. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. No, is it, you, you can continue. Okay, uh, so this is the thing that makes me love Anvils, their command ability. Heroes okay, so here, here is the uh, other age. Yeah. And so this is the thing that, with a command point, if you're wholly within nine inches of a hero, uh, Anvils of a Heldenhammer hero or a uh, general, uh, with wholly within 18, you can spin a command point and shoot with missile weapons or pile in and attack. Uh, with melee weapons, which I mainly use sh uh, Shadow with missile weapons, but getting an extra phase to hurt your opponent is huge. And so even, especially if you get a double turn, that's like four shooting phases. If in like, there's not a lot of things that can stand up to that. And so uh, the only problem that uh, I would run into before was just lack of command points, because it does 
cost uh, command point to do this, but it's a really, really good uh, command ability. It's one of the best. And we're going to see very shortly when we get into that first list how you're incorporating that. So it kind of ties in nicely with, you know, if the, the more you can remove the battle shock from the Stormcast and not have to use Inspiring Presence, the more commander points are going to be up your sleeve in order to activate the command ability, which is going to be uh, shooting in the hero phase as well as shooting in the uh, the shooting phase or making it a pile-in move and attack. So you're getting a double, like, double mm -hmm. attack Star Drake is, is, is quite tasty. Uh, for example, or a nice little block of six kitty cats. Mm -hmm. Or like evocators, because they can, I'm not sure if it says that in the hero phase, I have to look at the war scroll, but the ability to, I think it's after combat, they can do that uh, mortal wounds app. Yeah, and, I, uh, yeah I think it, it might be combat, but yeah. Okay. Obviously. Well, I mean, the, the chat will tell us eventually. But, yeah. <laughs> but if, it, if it's not, happy days, you can do the double yeah. zap. Yeah, and so that is the thing that I think makes Anvils of the Heldenhammer like the choice, like a really good choice to take. Just that command ability. Everything else and, is just like extra. And and to be honest with you, when I was doing the emerging meta series, obviously it's not happening because no tournaments like uh, are postponed right now. Anvils was always the top one. It was always the the number one choice from people. Um, and it ties in nicely to again double double piling in or you know, so attacking twice or. Uh, double shooting is just awesome. You're getting more bang for your buck. Mm -hmm. Your command trait, so this is this gets assigned to you because you've taken anvils. You subtract one from the bravery characteristics of enemy units while they're within six inches of the general. Yeah, this is like not that great. Um, it's you know, especially in a world where inspiring uh, um, presence is a thing. Minus one bravery is not huge. I've never really had an effect because I didn't really get my general in combat. I wouldn't build a strategy around it, but it's it's a nice to have. Yeah. All right, and uh, uh, last one, the artifact. Yep. So pick one of your. Sorry, I'm I'm looking up evocators. The 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 chat's telling me it is right after you resolve the their attack. So uh, I'm just quickly bringing up their war scroll. But while you talk to me about the artifacts, so pick one of the friend of the bearer's melee weapons. At the end of the combat phase, roll a dice for each enemy model with uh, that that was allocated a wound caused by the weapon in the combat phase. On a three plus, it suffers a mortal wound. Yeah, it's like that model suffers mortal wound instead of that unit, which is, it's it's not the best. Um, you, if you're fighting something big, maybe you can get a, a couple extra wounds on it. Or, or no, is it just one extra wound? Yeah, it, it was never something I, I was really big on. Like I said, anvils, you're taking it because of the command ability. Everything else is just, you know, which is which is nice because it makes it a little more balanced. But uh, so I'm just looking at the um, the the celestial the, uh, the evocator rule. So uh, the what we're talking about here, the celestial lightning arc. So th the second part of it says, uh, so you can reroll um, save rolls for one. Blah blah blah. After this model has been picked to fight for the first time in the phase, so this is this is the differentiator, right? You got the combat phase and you're attacking in the hero phase. After all of the attacks have been made and resolved, you can pick one enemy unit within three inches. If you do so, roll two dice for each model in the unit. For a four plus, they take a mortal wound. Yeah. So because you're piling in and attacking in the hero phase, um, yeah, you, you get two of those. Okay. Oh, okay. Pretty sweet. And the phase, not the combat phase. No, it doesn't specifically say combat phase. It just says the phase. Okay. Yeah. So you'd be able to zap. Yeah, you get double zaps. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Okay. 
Cool. There you go. Thank good. Good work, chat. Um, anything else you'd want to talk about when it comes to the anvils of Helvenhammer, or do we want to start now wrapping it up in a nice little bow and talking about how you're building around those rules? Uh, yeah, I think that's kind of it. I, it definitely has taken a hit, and I'll point that out on this list uh, because uh, FAQ, like I think the one before this last one, they clarified that along uh, the uh, Vanguard Raptors, when uh, so if they don't move, they get a uh, plus six, oh wait, plus three shots if you're a hurricane crossbow, and plus six to their range if you're long strikes. They clarified that if you shoot in the hero phase, they don't count as not having moved. So are they? They don't get the bonus. Uh, yeah. yeah. And so you're stuck at 24 inches with long strikes, which mean, uh, which means like you're no longer getting a turn one shot if you choose to go first, and so you're not going to get that hero phase shooting because you're going to be for most uh, most uh, setups. You're going to be 24 inches apart and so if you have a 24 inch range unless you're cheating and you're over the line you're not going to be able to shoot i did so, have to clarify that in my own tournament i remember yeah. um and a few tournament organized and that's the way i had to clarify it yeah. um but cool okay so let's talk about the rules and yes you the what you just pointed out is i'm glad that they clarified it regardless how they went at least they've clarified it because that was a big gray spot yeah so your storm host is the anvils of Heldenhammer. Um, the leader choices I'll do first. So the first leader choice you have is the Lord Aquila, coming mm -hmm. in as the general, coming through with the command trait of Deathly Aura. Artifact mm -hmm. is the mirror shield, and then you've got the the, the mount trait as the uh, ethereal stalker. I think I that's the wrong one. I wanted the uh, the uh, wind runner. I put the wrong one. Wind runner is just lets you roll. I believe three extra dice when you ride the wind etheric or maybe one extra dice. I have to look it up, but it just lets you, cause I don't want this guy to get in combat and I just want him to move around the board, teleporting people and getting people out, putting people where they need to go. And uh, so that that's the only change, but yeah, Mary shield, because this uh, list does not have a wizard uh, because this, this is the uh, one drop list. And so giving him Mary, uh, no, no, spell shield is the spell. Mirror shield is the, if someone's trying to kill my general with shooting, they're a minus two to hit. And so I think trying to keep this guy alive, I don't want him in combat. Uh, that's the reason I didn't give him the soul thief because he doesn't need to be combat. His job is to move units around the board. So when, so the the the, um, the moving things around, how does that work? Just in case okay. people have never, never, never picked okay. up the Lord Aquila. It's a, a command trait and uh, he can tell uh, teleport himself and or he doesn't have to teleport but he can choose to teleport himself and one unit of uh, vanguard raptors uh, or a unit of vanguard hunters a unit of vanguard palador or a unit of aether wings and they can teleport uh, anywhere within seven inches of the board no no six inches of the board more than seven inches away from an enemy so it's one of the few things where you can teleport uh within nine so it's just a seven inch charge rather than that nine inch charge Really, you're taking advantage of a whole bunch of movement shenanigans. You've obviously got the scions of the storm, so you're dropping things around the table, and then anything you put on the table, you're now going to be able to move around the board. Or, and that's probably one of the things that Stormcast mostly struggles with is speed. They once they're on the board, they're quite yeah. slow. Obviously, there's exceptions. There's a couple of units that are quite fast, but for the most mm -hmm. part, the Stormcast are quite slow. This allows you to keep moving around the board and. Um, it really makes your opponent struggle because they're stretched, right? You know, you're, you're focused over here and then you teleport them on this side and then it takes me a turn or two to kind of go and try to fight that side of the board all while you're harassing the, the mm -hmm. hell out of me with shooting. Yes, yes. 
And so uh, we'll go with the uh, the next guy, Knight Azros. He is actually part of the War Scroll Battalion that you have to take, but he's still good anyway because he has that 10-inch uh, reroll once to hit bubble. So if there's a uh, enemy within 10 inches of him and his lantern, uh, if you shoot at that enemy or fight at that enemy, you get the reroll ones to hit. And he does have a uh, once-per-game uh, explosion, um, but I – he, usually he dies before then, but that's the, eight, that, that's the eight inch lantern where in the yeah. hero phase he shines the light and does D three mortal wounds, D six if yeah. you're a demon. D six if you're a demon, yes. And so I gave him the uh the weapon that you have to take for anvils just because out of all my heroes, he would be the one I got into combat. So at least he has you know, Sophie wasn't great, but there's something. It's it's a solid little unit, the Knight of Zeros. Uh, the 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 lantern is quite useful, especially with the amount of chaos that's around. Um, uh, the, the only thing you need to be mindful of is the reroll bubble that the Azeros provides um, is not the units around the Azeros, but rather the units that the the opponent's units that are near the Azeros. So you have yeah. to be within ten inches of an opposing unit, and then if you attack that unit, it's it's um, reroll ones to hit. So mm -hmm. just because it, it would seem like a hurricane or some type of cool. I had my Xeros next to my Raptors, but actually that doesn't do a lot. Nope. <laughs> Other than it being a hero that you could spend a command point to reroll once. And so uh, the next two units are Knight Venators in the uh, War Scroll Battalion. Um, let me see the name of it. Cause you can actually have a choice of what you can take. You can either take, uh, you have to choose between three of these uh, characters, a Knight Xeros, a Knight Venator or a Knight T uh, Tempestos in any order you want to take those, and I chose one Azeros uh, and two Venators just because you know you have the uh, they have a shooting attack. You know they're not spectacular in combat, but they do have okay shooting, um, and they have a once per game shot that you you know it only has one rend, so it, it's probably not going to go through. And you know how once per you know if you shoot something that only you know not multiple shots, uh, the success rate's not too high. Uh, yeah. So, but I picked two of those just because you know. It's all in shooting. Uh, and so, and I gave one of my items spell shield because, uh, you know, there's no casters here. So you have at least one attempt at a dispel. And I believe he ignores spells on a two up with that. Uh, and the last one is Luxstone, which actually helps you in that, uh, that once per game shot, you can change uh, with Luxstone a hit, a wound, and maybe a damage roll. I'm not completely sure. I have to look it up. But uh, so if you do, it's like, I believe it's hits on threes, wound on threes, minus one re D6 damage. Uh, and turn one of those into a hit. By the way, I think I need to call out that I think the other hero that you get is not the Knight of Zeros and the Venator, but and it's not the Tempestos. Um, I think that might be the Mexican oh, cousin uh, for the Zephyros. Yeah. Zephyros, yes. I, they'll tell you if you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the Hispanic community with their Tempestos. Okay, and so that's the heroes. And the uh, yeah. War Scroll Battalion, that, that is the... Uh, nope, that is not the Conclave. That is the... Uh, Vanguard Auxiliary Chamber. So it's the Aquiller, the Azeros, and the Venators. And then there's two more War Scroll Battalions that fit into that Mega Battalion. And uh, we'll go over those here. We have three yeah, units we'll, of things, which... Yeah, I'll, I'll read out the units. So you've got okay. uh, you've got a unit of three uh, Aether Wings. You've got a unit of three Aether Wings, a unit of three Aether Wings. So three sets of three Aether Wings. Yeah. You've got three Vanguard Palladors um, with the, the pistols and the shock, uh, the hand axe. Um, you've got another unit of Vanguard Hunters, again, same loadout with the pistols and the hand axes. You've got three Raptors with the long strike crossbows, three with long strike crossbows, three with long strike crossbows. 
You've got yeah. five Vanguard Hunters, five Vanguard Hunters. So you've got four units of Vanguard Hunters with pistols and hand axes, three units of, of the Raptors with long strikes, three units of Aether Wings. Mm -hmm. And so uh, this these all fit into uh, different uh, War Scroll Battalions. Uh, so the Aether Wings are one of the just best units in the game for what they can do. Uh, so at the start of your uh, enemy's charge phase, if they are within 18 inches of a Vanguard Raptor unit, you roll 2d6 and they can move that many inches, uh, as long as they end within 18 inches of, an, uh, of a Vanguard Raptor unit. Now, the thing is, it's at the start of the, your enemy's charge phase. And, and they've clarified this in FAQs, and uh, I believe it was in a White Dwarf. This is not a normal move. And so you can end your move within three inches of your enemy. And it's because it's at the start of their charge phase. Now they're in combat and they can't charge. So you're protecting your uh, long strikes and your shooting units and you know keeping stuff off objectives and just pinning a unit down. And uh, yeah, it is just their crucial unit. And they went down in points. They're only 40 points each. You're essentially, in, you're essentially intercepting their charge. So mm -hmm. you're really trying to protect those those long strikes because you know the, the sheer amount of damage that they put out. Mm -hmm. um, I love them. I, I've been taking Aether Wings for the last probably couple of months now before the drops mm -hmm. in my Cities of Sigma because mm -hmm. even as uh, – in, in Cities of Sigma, I don't get that rule uh, because I'm not taking the – well, I'm not taking long strikes so I don't get to benefit from them. Mm -hmm. But – for 40 point units that can go out there and steal an objective could start off and kind of get that objective and if an opponent kills them who cares it's 40 points yeah aether wings are awesome whether you're storm cast or not then you yeah. add the additional benefits with the long strikes and holy wow um incredible value for 40 points yeah and like the 12 inch move they can retreat and still charge later they are a versatile little unit and uh yeah and you know, they're they're not awful in combat. They have two attacks each, fours and threes, but that's they're not there to fight. Two they're wins there. each, right? They've got two wins, they that's six wins. Two wins each. Yeah, no save, right. but they are there to stop people from getting into your port and stuff and not getting on objectives. And they're yeah, very good unit, 40 points. Um great for screening as well. I like them for screening, just even putting yeah. them out and kind of like zoning out space where my opponent try, might try to um, teleport or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Then we'll uh, go into the Palidors. These are the guys riding the uh, the bird horses, you know, the chocobos, people call them. You know, and uh, I would actually, uh, I, they have bolt pistols and uh, shotgun hand axes. I might want to give the pistols and the spears because one of the uh, allegiance abilities from the uh, uh, Mega Battalion is every non-hero uh, gets to add one to their shooting. So you'd get an extra shot with your, uh, your uh, bolt storm pistols and the javelin. Uh, but you know, it's it. You're kind of putting all your eggs in the shooting basket basket with this list. And there are like, if somebody picks Olgu, and everything's overgrown, it can be kind of hard for you. But just, just a little, that. just a little. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I would go to tournaments, that would be the uh, you know the game I'd play. If like, like uh, with Agnith, um, that is a hard army to face if, if you're all in shooting. Because it's like you don't get to dictate who you surgically strike and get rid of. Because Cause deep they, can, yeah. Because Deepkin forces you to fight, shoot the closest model. So, um, so you might want to be going for that, you know, that that monster and kind of killing the monster, or maybe killing that support unit, or killing whatever it might be. But if they put out this, you know, this dummy crappy unit at the front, you've got to shoot them with Deepkin. So that's a hard counter as well. 
Yeah, and it's it's definitely like I had a lot of success with Shootcast uh, these past two years because it was off meta. And now shooting is making a huge comeback. So you'll start to, with uh, KO and uh, Zinch. So you'll see people more and more developing uh, answers to shooting. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, you know, when tournaments start back up, how this shakes out. Because uh, I think uh, when Lookout Surf first got introduced, I think people overreacted to it. Because it's, it's just minus one to hit. That's all it is. And when you have Vanguard Raptors hitting on twos, they're like, all right, now I'm hitting on threes. Yeah. No, it's that's still really good, and I'm re-rolling ones if you know, if uh, you know either the birds are closer or not Azeros. And so we'll see what the future holds, but I still definitely am uh, building some hunters right now because I'm running this. And you've got you know you've got things like Slaves of Darkness who can uh, turn a terrain piece into a line of sight blocking. You've got um, you know things like Prismatic Palisades. There's going to be a whole bunch of people who are now worried about you know um, Cities of Sigma shooting. You've got um, KO shooting. You've got a lot of shooting now coming back. So um, I think the the cool thing that you have is you have the long range shooting, yes. um, where some armies are only quite short range. Mm -hmm. And the, the, what this army does that Stormcast has not been able to do just far, because uh, one of their drawbacks was like drops. The War Scroll Battalion, I mean, weren't, you know, you'd get maybe one, two units into it. And so I'd usually be eight, nine drops every game. And this lets you like dictate, because you're one of the few one drops out there now in this list. So you'll be able to, you know, go and shoot first, you know, put stuff in the clouds, come down. Or you know, come from the table side and start shooting stuff. Uh, you'll lose the anvils, uh, you know, advantage. But if you let your opponent go first, you'll have that advantage. Have we we talked about the, that was the paladors, right? We uh, now we're on the hunters, which uh, went down in points. Um, I would have taken them. I wouldn't have taken them before, but now that uh, they've gone down to a hundred, uh, it's you know because. They don't have the durability of uh, liberators, which I used to have that. Uh, I used to have to take them, but they do have shooting, and they do get that extra shot now. And they can run and shoot, and they can come from the side of the uh, table edge. Um, if somebody, it's one of their. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. Let me look it up real quick. But yeah, they can come in within seven inches, or just outside of seven inches of the table edge, and so yeah. you tie people down. Yeah, you know, lock people in their army because you know they are stormcast four up two two uh two wounds each, so they're little survival. All right, let me look up the thing really quick. Oh, there it is. Vanguard hunters. The ability is um, astral compass. If you set up the unit uh, that includes any model with the compass in the celestial realms with the uh, signs of the storm ability, instead of the outside of nine anywhere, they can be wholly within six of the table edge, but more than seven. So you can't mm -hmm. get. So even like that, that that rule in itself is different. Like you know, I don't think there's anything else out there that does within seven, well outside of seven. So it gives you that that two inches might not seem a lot, but it it might be the difference between because most people will try to screen for nine, but very few would be thinking about screening for seven. So you, you might have some more options on the table. Mm -hmm. Okay, and yeah, there's hunters, and then the the really the the teeth of this army is the Vanguard Raptors. And the things that make them extra scary, because, okay, you only have nine, and I used to run just a unit of nine, but you have the three unit of nine, but because of the uh, the Vanguard Angelos Conclave, every shot from a non-hero is two shots. So this is like having 18. So 18 shots, hitting on twos, 
with the uh, Justicar Conclave, if the Aether Wings are within 18 of an enemy, you get to reroll ones to hit similar to a Knight Azeros. And so you are hitting on twos, uh, rerolling ones, uh, wounding on threes, minus two rend, uh, and it's two damage. And if you roll a six to hit, it's just two mortal wounds. I was going to ask you about the long strikes because I'm used to them being in sizes at least six, if not nine. And, and instead of having three three units, you probably have a lot more points invested. You know, I think I think most people are running like a nine and a six or yeah. or a nine and two threes. Yeah. But you're finding yeah. because, because – and that's probably one difference I found in the Journal's Handbook, the new edition, is that um, I've never seen three battalions being used in a 2,000-point list. Um, mm -hmm. I was I was laughing with um, some people that come to my tournament last year, a, a 2,500-point army, and it was very similar to this. You guys have saved 200, 250, 300 points potentially between GBH19 and GBH20. So mm -hmm. having three battalions that gives you the plus one attack uh, characteristics for uh, missile weapons, additional dice for riding the winds, um, as well as the, what was the other rule? The uh, re-rolling ones to hit with missile weapons as long as they're like that's crazy that's crazy cool things that you were already going to taking there's almost no tax here yeah. and yeah it's the, the the damage potential here is unreal from a from a just sheer volume of missile attacks yeah uh in the chat um uh, eric pointed out you only have 103 runes not a lot of defense so you are really relying on that one drop uh go you know going first and eliminating threats and then, you know, following the, getting rid of things, maybe locking down some of your opponents with some of your drops. And so, yeah, you don't have a lot of defense, but, like, I won a lot of games with, you know, offense can be its own defense if you're able to get rid of your threats. And, and being able to put some things in the sky as well just gives you yeah. a lot of defense. Mm -hmm. But I think you're right. Like, it's you've really got to watch out because you don't have a lot of wounds. Your armor saves aren't the best. It's not like yeah. you're running around with, you know, really high That's armor save. But but you are starting with an additional three command points, three artifacts. Mm -hmm. um, like, you've got a whole bunch of cool stuff here. You've just got to be... This is, this is killing your opponent with a scalpel with absolute yeah. precision, but being able to take out those support pieces, taking out those key, key units in the opponent, being able to just surgically uh, annihilate the table is this, is this. This is not Iron Jaws. This is not just go up there and smash them. This is just systematically taking out your opponent one shot at a time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So um, this is like the closest thing to what I played uh, over the past two years where it's uh, – and my next list is actually uh, a good friend of mine. He I think he got seventh. Uh, at uh, LVL last year with Stormcast, which made me, uh, I was really excited to see him do well. And uh, he sent me this list. It's like an updated version of the Gav Bomb. Before I get to that, um, I do want to ask you a question that maybe some people are thinking about, and that might be um, one of the weapon loadouts for the Vanguard Raptors is the Hurricane Crossbow. Mm -hmm. Is there any reason why you wouldn't take one Hurricane, or what was the logic behind the Long Strike as opposed to taking the Hurricane? I, I like definitely hurricane possibility. Uh, switching that out is, and you maybe even get another command point because this list is going to be command point heavy when you start shooting in your hero phase. And without like Aether Quartz Brooch anymore, you can't get those back. You'll just be getting one a turn like everybody. Uh, and so switching out for hurricanes is definitely a possibility. I just felt that uh, you the range is only 18. 
which is still it's not awful, but uh, it's I this is more of a reach out and uh, eliminate threats rather than and but the hurricanes are really good at, for like going against uh, Nighthawk and things like that where you need those extra dice. I just wanted to call it out just in case people are wondering uh, and maybe they've only got the load out of the hurricane and wondering how that might fare in a list like this. But I think overall really cool. I think it's showing off the, the pure damage potential of a shoot cards, cards list. The next one we're going to go through is Hammers of Sigma. So we'll talk through a little bit about the Allegiance abilities and the things you get for being Hammers of Sigma, and then we'll wrap it up with the with the list. So first things first, uh, forge, first of the Forged, add one to the Bravery characteristic of friendly Hammers of Sigma units. Not bad? Just... You know, it's like um, not as good as the other one where you were just re-rolling the save, but plus one bravery. Hey, I'll take that. You'll take it. It's not going to be you're not going to build a strategy around. It. It's not going to break the game, but it could be the difference of a, a failed or a successful um, battle shock test. Mm -hmm. Command ability: the soul of the storm host. Use a command ability when a friendly hammers of Sigma redeemer unit is destroyed. So what's a, what's a redeemer unit? I believe the redeemer units are liberators. Uh, and the, um, gosh, I can't remember the name. I never ran them, but they were really good. They can Pal the Paladors? Yeah, Paladors? I don't think so. The, the, uh, the OG ones? Oh, Paladins? Paladins, maybe. Yeah. Uh, the, they're part of the Sacrosanct Chamber. The um, Sequitors? Oh, right, either, either, way, either way, team, look for the keyword hammers. Uh, look look yeah. for Redeemer. Right, we're looking for the word Sequitors. Redeemer. Sequitors, Sequ Sequ thank you, Eric. Yeah. But it's it's a tough thing because you're spinning a command point and then you have to roll a five up. And so it's yeah, like if you do so so if you've got the hammers of Sigma Redeemer, uh, roll a dice on a five plus the new unit identically uh, that was set up as destroyed is added to your your army. So liberators and sequitors. Yeah. Set this unit up anywhere on the battlefield, more than nine inches from an enemy model. Yeah. I mean, when it goes off, oh I would yeah, it's not gonna feel good for your opponent, but most likely it's not going to go off. And you only get one crack at that. It's not like, because it's when the unit was destroyed. It's not like, all right, I'm going to try it again next turn because it wasn't destroyed that turn. It was destroyed last turn. And so uh, it's, you know, if it goes off, it's great, but it's not something you want to uh, hit your wagon to. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm playing this to go off because uh, you'll be upset most of the time. Unless you were planning on running a whole bunch of sequitors or liberators and just having a whole bunch of, you know, small units running around the board and really playing, if you've got, you know, three units of sequitors, for example, you would like to think that one will come back um, mm -hmm. having, you know, so, so I mean, you, you're playing a dice game. It's kind of like the, the Flame Phoenix, right? The Flame Phoenix comes back on a four plus. It's not a guaranteed strategy. It's nice to have, yeah. but don't bank on the exact unit that you want coming back at the time that you need it coming back. Mm -hmm. You then have the command trait, uh, we cannot fail. Roll a dice each time you allocate a wound or a mortal wound to a friendly Hammers of Sigma unit holding within nine inches of this general. On a six, that, uh, sorry, on a six plus, that wound or mortal wound is negated. Yeah, this is a nice little extra thing to have. It lost, uh, you know, just because every, every extra shrug took a hit because you're only allowed the one now. Yes. So this was a nice, hey, this could pair with something else, but now it's just an extra six up, you know, mortal wounds slash wounds shrug, holy within nine. And so you have to keep close to your general. And uh, so it's, again, not the best, but a lot of taking hammers to Sigmar has to do with uh, special characters you can take over the abilities. 
So if your unit does already have a six up damage prevention role naturally, or it comes with it, you can't get another one. You're going to have to choose whether to take we cannot fail or whatever else you're getting. Um, mm -hmm. And that was a change between general's handbook. So you can't have your regular arm. You can't, you can't do a six up then a six up. It's mm -hmm. one or the other damage prevention role, but it still allows you to have your armor save and then a damage prevention just to clarify. Mm -hmm. Finally, you've got the artifact of power. So pick one one of the bearer's melee weapons. If the unmodified hit roll for the attack is made by the Godforge blade is a six. Add one to the damage characteristic of that attack. So it's a melee yeah. weapon going for sixes. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, if you use six to hit, you know, more than one. Or is it more? Uh, it's one it, damage characteristic. Yeah, yeah it's, it's nothing bad. It's, it reminds me of one of the uh, new... Uh, uh, items you get from the uh, uh, realms where it's, you know, okay, it's just something to take, but this is something you have to take. So not game changing, but again, hammers, hammers of uh, Sigmar you're taking because of the special characters you can take. Yeah. So I was just about to say like, like going through the command trait, the ability, the artifact, it's a bit of, eh, it's okay. Yeah. But I wouldn't say like compared to anvils, anvils kicks the, the living, mm -hmm crap out of this so i'm curious to see why you've chosen this and and what we're going to build around so it's all right it's okay all right what's jack got for me so the gav bomb 2020 uh featuring jack so jack you have surprise the century hammers of sigma we have gavriel shawhart who would have yeah. saw that coming we have a lord relictor with the godforge blade and the prayer of translocation we have the Knight in Cantor with the Lightning Blast and, sneaky, sneaky, the ally of Lord Croak. All right, let's take this to the top. Gav. Yes. Uh, he, you take him because he has the command ability. Uh, units wholly within nine, I believe. Uh, you spend a command point, they get plus three to their charge, and you can do it more than once. And so you can say if you use two command points, you're going to get plus two, six to your charge. And so, or you can spend three and get plus nine to your charge. And so this is like a guaranteed charge. Yeah, that was that was something certainly something that people would just drop a whole bunch of command points and you just guarantee that charge. Um, yeah, wow. Uh, so nine canter, I take him because I, uh, or the night relictor, excuse me, uh, that was lower, lower relictor neck. He has that translocation prayer, and he's he's a hundred points. He has a. Uh, a healing prayer. He has a pretty decent uh, mortal wounds zap prayer, and translocate on a three up uh, units wholly within, I believe, I believe nine. Uh, you can teleport them anywhere on the tabletop outside of nine. So it's just you know more speed, more movement, and uh, yeah, he's just a really good unit at 100 points. I really like him. Uh, nine cancer wizard. Uh, I love the auto dispel once per game because it can really help you out. Say if somebody has a soul scream bridge. And their whole army is like a big part of their army yeah. is depending on getting that off. I don't want to have to worry about it. I just want to get rid of it. A hand of dust, just anything where, uh, or spell portal, something where I'm like, that's not happening. Once per Soul game. screen bridge is a big one. Like a lot of people set up their deployment, they prepare, you know, this absolute turn one. They're going to do mm -hmm. something with Soul Screen Bridge. You know, um, Iron Drakes is a perfect example of Cities of Sigma. People build around that. That mm -hmm. once per game, nope is crazy but it also has a three up armor save so um mm -hmm. the model is very durable um 
I love the Encantor and the fact that it's gone down 20 points. It used to be 140, now it's down to 120 is really good value. And that 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 auto nope is probably worth the hundred points in itself. Yes. And then uh moving on to uh he's great in uh Seraphon, but I think he's really good in uh he, he gives you command point. If you roll, so at the beginning of your hero phase, you roll three dice. For every four up, you get a command point. That's if it, if it was that was the only thing he did, he'd be awesome. But he also has a table wide mortal wound spell, and he has a ten inch uh, mortal wound AOE spell, uh, which you know everybody's ten inches is not very big, and that is why we have uh, going to the end of the spell real quick. Bellwind vortex. It's not a huge croaknado. You don't have the you don't even have you. You're not able to take the uh, uh, astrolith bearer just because you don't have the points and allies. But there is a mini croaknado, uh, and so he does have have that 16-inch uh, mortal wound. Uh, and if you've ever been caught in one of those, it's not fun. Lord Croak isn't as durable as he used to be. Where uh, if you didn't do all the wounds to him, he'd come back to full. But uh, he does have a, a four-up shrug and a four-up save, and I think seven wounds. So he's not. Crazy. I wish I could take some uh, Temple Guard or anything, but I was gonna, I was just about to say that it's not going to be as durable because you don't have the Temple Guard to be able to pass off the mortal wounds. You're not going to be able to extend the um the, the the area of effect damage from Lord Croak because you don't have the Ashleth Bearer. But you are getting some of the best of Seraphon in your mm -hmm. build. So um and people are not going to be prepared for this. This is going to surprise a lot of people by having Croak in your list. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, so the second part of the Gav Bomb are Evocators, who uh, I think they stayed the same point, so maybe, because uh, they used to be 200, they're 210 now. Uh, they might have been 220 and come down to 210. But Evocators, they have the, uh, you know, they're decent in combat anyway, but they have that, if you, for every, uh, every one you roll two dice, and this is after they fight, not at the end of the combat phase, but after they fight, you roll uh, two dice for every single one, and on four up, they take a mortal wound and it's like within three inches so you can like a unit you're fighting and then a unit that you didn't fight you can say i'm fighting this unit and then i'm mortal wounding that unit with my spells uh so and i have two units of 10 just because they're they're really good and you've also, also got yeah i was, I was going to update the rest of the list for anyone who's listening to this on a podcast later on you've got five so you got two units of 10 evocators both with the um the celestial blade spell mm -hmm. You've got the five adjudicators, five liberators with hammer and shield. You've got five liberators, hammer and shield. You've got three aether wings, and then you have an, uh, another endless spell. So you, we did mention the the Bellwind vortex, but you also do have the Everblaze comet coming in. Yeah, and so this is the you know it's you don't have any bonuses to cast with this one, but Everblaze comet is a very good endless spell. Uh, aether wings are there just for more bodies, like we mentioned earlier. They have twelve inch movement, zone out. Uh, adjudicators just for shooting because there's not a lot of shooting in this list besides like Croak's AOE stuff and uh, his table wide thing. But uh, this is more Gav Bomb come, uh, is one of the threat. You have two units of 10, which are scary, and then Lord Croak as well. And so that is the Gav Bomb. And if you're lucky, you get one of those Evocators or the Liberators back on a 5 plus. Um, I like it. I like yeah. it. That is a lot of points in the Evocators, though. Like, I look at that, and it's like 10 models for 400 points. Because for 400 points, I get 30 Phoenix Guard, and I'm looking at this going, yeah. <laughs> that Eric mentioned that I liked is uh, instead of two units of 10, one unit of 15, because that's your main, you know, gav focusing in the unit of five, I do like that. 
So, and, and that's the beautiful thing about these list discussions is the fact that we're showing off a couple of examples and you can season to taste as well. Like I might say, well, I don't want the judicators. I want to put down a ballista. Yeah. Um, similar role, a little bit cheaper, and those additional points might give me, um, I don't know, the um, what's the other endless spell, the little, um, the little, um, like the little movement thing you can get for Stormcast? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that little thing could, you know, put the Uniting Cantor and, you know, your little zipping wizard around moving 12 inches, right? Um, mm -hmm. You can season to taste here. And um, I like that you could put make a unit of 15 and, and really focus. Mm -hmm. Uh, what what are the what's the judicators bringing that a ballista wouldn't, for example? Uh, well, I'd battle line, one. <laughs> I, I, I need three that's useful, but that's helpful. Oh, you can drop the the uh, comet and like you know the aether wings or whatever if you want uh, the ballista. But I think ballista shines with a ordinator, where it's like you still you're not getting the plus one to hit with it. And by the way, that little that little endless spell that I was struggling to articulate, it's the DS, the DS Arcanum. So uh, okay. thank you, thank you, crew. You guys have got got that back. Yeah, that's sitting in my closet, uh, unput together. <laughs> I actually <laughs> used it a lot. Longer. It's actually pretty good because it, it it helped me with my Lord, my Knight in Cantor. I was running mm -hmm. a Lord Arcanum as well, but because the Lord Arcanum has six wounds, it couldn't get on the DS, but the mm -hmm. five wound in Cantor could. And it just meant that I had this this wizard moving around twelve inches, zipping around. Um, it was actually really helpful. It was actually really good. So oh, Dias, yeah, the Dias, <laughs> the Dias. So you got your five, your, your two units of five libs. Um, great value, for ninety points for what ten wounds a piece. Yeah, yeah, they're uh, they're definitely liberators are they're back. They're, no. You know, four savory roll ones, ninety points for ten wounds. They're good. I like them. Then finally, you've got those three aether wings. Now they're not going to be able to do the retreating shenanigans and the the um, the, the charge blocking that we could do in the first list because we don't have those um, those raptors. So I imagine these guys are going out for objectives, screening, just yeah. generally being annoying for forty points. Yeah, they, they can still retreat and charge, but they can't do what they shine at, which is, you know, block people. The intercepting of charges. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's the what's the Everblaze comment bringing to the table? Because we talked about the Bailwind and obviously the combination with Lord Croak, although obviously the Knight and Cantor could use the Bailwind as well. But That's the thing I'm not married to, because you're only getting uh, just the Knight and Cantor's casting it without any bonuses. And so it's like it'd be and one nice thing though, you can you can cast it outside of uh, 30. And so you can attempt to cast it without nobody attempting to dispel it. But if you're out of dispel range, you're using losing his uh, once per game dispel ability. So that, I, I'm not going to I, I can lose that and get some more bodies on the table. I'm here to miss with the comment. I've been running it with cities for a long time in combination with the Encantor. The 100 points can be really useful, being able to drop a Comet 36 inches, you know, near an opponent, do a whole bunch of mortal wound damage, especially to those um, those heroes that might be hiding behind a screen or, you know, really causing minus one to cast. There's some really cool stuff with it. But for the 100 points, it is hard. I would have loved to have seen it go down a little bit to 80. But yeah. I think when you think about the combination, right, you've only you've got the Knight and Cantor coming in at 120, the Bale, the sorry, the, the um, Everblaze coming in at 100, 
that's a 220 point combination oh. that sometimes no, no. got yeah it's or if someone takes out that one wizard like for me you know taking down my knight in cantor i can't i've now lost 100 points mm -hmm. yeah, I definitely i can see that going uh, i just i really like the encanto as well as the uh like we mentioned the nope the once per game nope is but you also have a table wide uh plus one dispel with lord croak so encanto yeah. might not be as a uh, uh no definitely take as because croak is really good at dispelling as well yeah i mean hey if you if you had a couple of spare points as well you could drop the everblaze comet and take a second night in Cantor. so it's again season to taste do what you want to do um a couple of cool options here but this is just to point out uh gabriel like like i think he was really popular before the uh evocators went up in points and they've come down i think 10 so i th he still has uh, he's still a nice threat. He's still good. Um, just like people overreacted with the shooting, I think people might have overreacted with the, the Gav Bomb. And just uh, Lord Croak or even a Slan, if you want to go cheaper, just gives you those uh, command points uh, Stormcast need. And you, yeah, you need those additional command points to make the most. And that was probably one of the big things, right? Before General's Handbook 18 or 19, when you could buy multiple command points for 50 points, that's when you'd, you'd see the stacking of the Gav Bomb because you'd start with plus three. But mm -hmm. between the additions, when you could only buy one, that's kind of where we saw the Gav Bomb drop. But I, I, I like yeah. Lord Croak coming back and replacing those command points that you oh, yeah, normally buy. So you can still do the same thing. Good point. Good point. Yep. And so that is the, uh, yeah, the addition of the Gav Bomb needs those command points. Slan, Croak, help that. A few more wounds. You've got, you know, you've got your. Yeah, I like it. I like it. It's certainly different. And um, you know, I imagine a lot of people are going to try to go for Lord Croak all while ignoring everything else because they, they've just heard horror stories or they've been <laughs> physically and mentally scarred by Lord Croak in the past. So they're going to go for Lord Croak while everyone else has a field day. Yeah, he's definitely a uh, – I'm surprised he did not go up in points. <laughs> but yeah. I, I, I got one. Yeah, we won't, we won't talk about that. I'm pretty sure – yeah, yeah, enjoy it while you got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, you got it. Uh, I know certainly Vince Ventrello is very, very uh, uh, adamant that he wants that points to go up. But we've got a bonus list for you all, y'all. Uh, and that is not a Stormcast list, uh, but rather a combination Stormcast. And um, this is the list that Jack is calling the AOE. It is Allegiance uh, Order. I've, uh, I've played this. Uh, I, I have all the stuff here. Oh, one thing I don't have is the Wardens. I just saw those. I'm like, those are Wizards. I want to give them a shot. I ordered some online just now. But this is something I've actually been uh, running the past two times I've gotten together with some friends. Uh, it is uh, a fun list. It definitely, uh, you know, because I think not everything has to be built for I'm going to go 4-1 uh, and one or 5-0 and one at a tournament. I think the word trash and garbage gets thrown around way too much in Age of Sigmar. Like, or even like uh, the term uh, viable or non uh, like playable. What does playable mean? They got rules, don't it? Like, if this is just a fun list, I enjoy playing. I would take it to a tournament because it definitely it can spoil people's turn, like our fun. Not like I want to spoil their fun, but they're no, not. We've, 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 we've just heard Jack. Jack confirmed here on AOS Coach. Jack is here to ruin everyone's fun in the game. So Forget this, this is, narrative stuff that you're all about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it has uh, Astro with Bear and Lord Croak. That's like, you know, dynamic duo right there because he's extending Croak's 
uh, uh, range by six inches, and he's given plus one to cast. Uh, in the sky, you have Celestine Prime, who uh, is going to come down, drop his bomb, uh, do his thing. You have two Star Drakes, uh, one Prime and one Drake Sworn. You can go two Drake Sworn because mainly you're there. They're there for the table wide uh, shooting, uh, which is not this. As, as the range of stars. Yeah, it, it which is not that great because you, it's still D six units on a four up, then D three. So you have to roll a four up for it to happen, and you could just get one unit and then roll a three, and you're it doesn't do anything. But they do have a plus one to cast, which stacks, which is big. So Croak next to the Astrolith with himself and the two Star Drakes is at a plus four to cast. Uh, now you have to remember that for his, he has a spell that he can cast multiple times and it just goes up every time. So it starts out on a seven, then eight, then nine, and you're plus four to cast on each of those. And so, and I believe if you roll higher, a 10 or higher, you are, you get D6 units instead of D3. But it's a 10 plus, is it? Yes. And so with a, with a plus four to cast, it's pretty nasty. Um, and for the battle line, these are the things you got to take. Uh, free guild, which is the cheapest battle line. Sword and shield every time because you get that uh, four-up save. Yep. And the uh, Venari, they're actually wizards as well. And so if you have them next to your Shardrakes, you're getting plus two to cast again. Can I also call out that um, in the chat, we've got the perfect name for this. So Jose has said, uh, it's it sh- he didn't say it shouldn't be the AOE, but it's called it the last alliance of elves and men, dot, dot, dot. And lizards. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. And, That's uh, awesome. Drake's Warren Templar is like, honestly, Star Drakes aren't like that mind blowing in combat. I was actually like, they, they can swallow units, which is great. But when I got them in there, I was like, That's it, just D3. But they're, uh, the Tempest Axe is pretty nice because it stops people from piling in. And uh, these are with uh, uh, the drawback of being order is you don't have the greatest command traits or items. And especially with the, uh, the lack of Line sorcery items, I'm, you're kind of stuck. And so it is mainly that table-wide AOE, getting Croaknado up there. I actually played this list against uh, Tyler Emerson on a, a tabletop simulator, and it was it was a lot of fun. It was one of those, uh, I think he was playing Archeon and a bunch of Vanguard. And uh, he used that ability where Archeon could tell who's going next. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he, he knew who was going to go next. And the way he set up, I knew I was going to get the double turn. And nice. so like, I watched him, I watched how he was moving. I'm like, okay, I get to go next. So instead of doing Croaknado in the beginning, I decided I moved him to the middle of the board and did it and for maximum effect. And it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was nice. I can say I, I beat Tyler. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Tyler, and, later. <laughs> and you're right. The, the Star Drake, and this is probably why we haven't seen the Star Drake in either of your lists. Um, the previous ones, the, the Stormcast ones, <laughs> is because it is a good piece. It's 500 points. It's probably... And you made the comment about that, that Lord Croak being really good in, in um, Stormcast. Well, I'll say the Star Drake is better in Cities of Sigma. Um, mm-hmm. Put it in a Living Cities, put it in, you know, Tempest Eye. There's some really cool stuff with it. I love the Phoenix Stone. Reminds me of my old Cities of Sigma army before Cities of Sigma come out when I was doing my Grand Ally. The, the Phoenix Stone healing a wound in both hero phases, which is really handy, something that people often miss. Master's Defense giving plus one armor save within six or eight of the models so being a large base that the the star drake provides um can make a really i, I used to put it on my my free guild general on griffin the star drake's base is like two times the size of that so uh, i do like the star drake uh it is a lot of points it can eat a model i really like that so being able to take out the hecatos being able to take out the mm-hmm. wizard in the warden 
Um, although a Hecatos obviously can come back in, um, in uh, that's you know, obviously where a unit gets their power from for the Wardens or the, the Mortec Guard. Um, being able to pull out a model and you know, stopping battle shock. So, so stopping someone from using inspiring presence and deleting half their unit is a little sneaky trick. Mm -hmm. But I like it. You've got prime time crow. Obviously, the prime. And like I've I've forgotten the prime two times. <laughs> like I really need to play with him on the table because, like, these have been games where we're like drinking, having fun, and it's just like, oh, I okay, <laughs> he's sitting over on the side. Sorry. Uh, yeah, but he's coming down. He's he's in like every turn he's up in the sky. He gets more attacks, but you don't want to leave him up there too long. I think uh, a turn just to get plus two is fine. And look, if you want to dick around with this list later on, put a Marathi in there. Put a oh, yeah. uh, put put a Teclas in there. Like, hey, what if you're going to go to Magic? Might as well put Teclas in there as well. But this is yeah. not the Teclas show. This is the Stormcast <laughs> show. So at least you you talked a bit about Stormcast in there. Yes. That's it. And thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. We haven't finished yet. You haven't finished your work. Don't, 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 don't try to get out of this, Jack. You've already insulted everyone telling people you're here to ruin their day. Um, <laughs> and, and Doug's already confirmed. He's just like, yeah, he, he is. Talk to me about Stormcast and talk to me about how do you how do you win a game? And it sounds silly. And obviously scenario, the, the battle plans and your opponent and all of that stuff's going to change. But as a Stormcast player, What's the general strategy or what's the general vibes on on winning your games? Uh, so I'll just talk about myself. I, uh, the way I would win would be uh, eliminating like the pinpoint accuracy. I'd, I'd get rid of units that were either on objectives or threatening me. And so it was like, I remember I went to uh, uh, Nova and one of the games I lost was like, I, if we would have played it out, I would have won. So you know, I was playing a, a Skaven player, and we just I, I I would win towards the end rather than win early, unless I got like the first double turn, then my opponent would have a hard time coming back. But like usually I would win, like on points at the end, or like because yeah you'd be able to kill enough stuff in the beginning, and then they'd have a hard time catching up to you, and so just like because by the end I'm usually out of command points, so I can't do the double tap getting shooting in the hero face shooting stuff. So uh, things I think stereotypical. You would when you think Stormcast, and this is a complaint I heard about Stormcast. They don't play like you think they would play, where you know they should be more durable. Maybe even a three-up save for most things because these guys in huge armor. So I would say winning on Stormcast. Uh, it's interesting because we need to see because the whole army pretty much jocking points, and so without the tournament scene, I'm not sure exactly where the best way to win with Stormcast is. But I know they have some of the best shooting in the game. Uh, now that KO has, I think, dethroned them, but for a while I thought they had the best shooting in the game. So I think staring into that, they still have really good shooting. I think being able to get two, even three, I'm, I'm struggling to think about a 2K list that has three battalions in there and still has a lot of good units and you're not sacrificing too much. And I, I'm, I'm struggling to think of one that has three. Mm -hmm. So the, the good news is, is that you're going to get to dictate the terms of battle. Um, so even if you're worried about, you know, the change host, you, you're worried about the Lumineth and, you know, Teclas going crazy or, you know, whatever um, Seraphon does, you have the same tools, right? They put some uh, some salamanders in the sky. Cool. You can put some st stuff in the sky too. Um, 
you can go out and reach Techless and uh, the Lord of Change and um, Lord Croak, those things, right? You've got the ability to take out Nagash. There are, you've got the tools um, and being one drop or two drops means that you're going to be able to really dictate, let them go first, get them in range, spread out across the board, do your thing. You don't have the limitations of the, of the command points as well. You're going to have a whole bunch up your sleeve. Mm -hmm. So I think you're in a good position. It's, there's going to be some bad matchups. You mentioned Ulgu. The minute that Ulgu as a realm gets pulled up, might not be good. Yeah, it's not going to be fun. Um, some other things um, might might annoy you. I, I'd be curious to see how this goes compared to like KO, given that mm -hmm. they have the same type of rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well, so KO, like you with the one drop list, I think. Because they they can't really hide off the table, right? No, not really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so coming down first and maybe getting rid of the guy who has the the warp binding vortex and all that stuff that might be your best ability. But can you take that counter punch? Would be a hard thing to say. How do you think this goes against hordes? Because I think this is really good for. Yeah. Uh, and this is kind of where we were talking about the hurricane crossbows. Is if you come mm -hmm. up against that gloom spike gets or uh, the squig build or you know. Um, uh, Skaven, for example, or even like a lot of cities of Sigma are just running a whole bunch of bodies. How do you think yeah, this yeah, would yeah. handle? Yeah, that was like, like, and I like your idea of maybe not three units long strikes, have that hurricane, because I, I ended up switching to some hurricanes just because I was having a difficult time uh, with Nighthaunt. Uh, yeah, that's another one, Nighthaunt, with just with a sheer amount of bodies. Um, yeah. do you, would you keep the long strikes in the sky, or do you think putting them in putting them on the table with their long range um, and, and maybe keeping something else off the side and reserves instead. Well, it, like before the clarification, I would definitely leave them on the table. Now having them in the sky and maybe putting stuff in the sky and having your opponent go first and then uh, maybe go, seeing if you can get that double turn uh, with the shooting in the hero phase because that's one of the big things about Anvil is having that extra shooting phase. And you have the command points uh, – to do it because you start with you have three and then you get the fourth and so yeah definitely it all depends on what you're going up against of how you want to play yeah and obviously you know if you've got the long range threat to, and you you're confident you can take out the support pieces maybe mm -hmm. you do want to go first but again if you are one drop two drops dictating the terms of battle you might let them go first and then play for the double turn deep strike drop shoot shoot yeah. with any luck 50 50 you get the double turn shoot shoot probably don't have an opportunity to respond yeah exactly and so like the shooting is it's good enough to where the thing that was going to threaten your long strikes because you definitely want to get rid of the shooting first because you have the birds to protect long strikes as well one of the best best protection in the game so first your first priority is to get stuff that can that can uh stretch out it you know and do damage at a distance get rid of that your birds are going to protect you, and then you'll shoot the things that were going to come and get you uh, in melee. i got one question, but before I get to that question, I've got another question. So really I have two questions. Question. But one's kind of like a, a segue from what we've just spoken about. And I'm thinking about turn one charging opponents. So let's say it's those stone horns that come running, it's the stone horns that keep running at you, mm -hmm. uh, two more crushers or, you know, more crusher and all these piggy friends, and they come in turn one at you. What would your thinking process be? Because you you can't take a hit. 
if those yeah. the, and, and, and more crushes can hit you turn one and do a lot of damage and if it kills you it's going to keep bouncing and keep doing more damage mm-hmm. what what how would you handle it like if you if you come up against i don't know uh, three stone horns or two more crushes or a more crusher and, and piggy friends in a in a well, iron sons battalion well that's what the birds would be really helpful you for that and you can always like put stuff in the sky that's not gonna that's gonna stop any of those guys from getting you but your aether wings will prevent uh turn one charge from a mock crusher or a uh uh a stone horn and if you don't if it's it's i really like when you have one unit of birds stop multiple units that's when they shine because then you have more birds left over too so i would rely on the birds and uh or you know you do have some units to screen but birds i think would help you with that yeah and obviously like, keeping things in reserve as well is going to help you yeah. or um mm-hmm. and i think the first list as well which had the lord aquila you'd be able yeah. to then move things around the board so cool they're yeah. coming this way i'm not going to move this way and yeah. hit my microphone yeah, they can't they can't charge you if you're not there and so that aquila is definitely uh like my old list that i used to run i you know i didn't have the three uh war scroll battalions because that you're strapped there's nothing you can't play with any you can't season it to your taste it's that's what it is maybe you can change out long strikes for hurricanes but that's about it uh uh zephyros for a you know night venator but you can't add anything like i used to run a a, a relictor for that translocate just for more you know, moving. I can get around the table a lot faster. So you're lacking that. And you do want to save your command points for shooting. And so there's a lot of decisions. That's what the game's fun. Decisions to make. What, what do I do? Yeah. What do I do? Solve the puzzle. And uh, I was definitely a more of a reactionary player. I know who I want to take out, see what he does, react to that accordingly. And, you know, again, the meta changes a lot. Gargans are coming. Who knows what comes up, you know. Yeah. Uh, Malarian and, you know, the, the, the puzzle continues to change. But the great news is, is that Stormcast, with such a rich book and a deep book, you yeah. have the ability to respond. You want to go into a combat meta, a shooting meta, a movement meta. You want to go into, you know, auto unbinds. You want pluses to cast. You've got monsters. You's, there's so many tools you can pull from the toolbox that yeah. you have and, a response. Yeah. And with the the pretty much army-wide point drops it just unlocked it. okay what can what's what's in here what can i figure out and we're still you know at the beginning stages where it's like ooh, what can i dust off and play now last question i said i, I had one final question to you is okay. from all your experience playing with with stormcast what are some what are some of the things that you've learned that might not be as obvious to somebody picking up the battle tome or learning the army um well, I was surprised because they're like a, a jack of all trades army where because there's so many different choices, you know, you can, uh, but there I was really surprised how good their shooting was. And like, it's still it's still good. But, you know, you know I think they've been dethroned, like I said, but they have uh, really good shooting and the ability to reach out and project your power is such a big thing. And so uh, I still think they have some of the best shooting in the game. But uh, that's why I'm the guru of shoot you. They are a good shooting, and look, you know, even if you don't want to go shooting, they do have a lot of good other, uh, a lot of good builds as well. And I think anyone who's watching this might be taking advantage and thinking, how do I bring Stormcast into my cities? How do I get the most out of my Stormcast and maybe pulling from my ally pool? There's obviously a lot of versatility in this book, and um, who knows if the new book's going to come and when it's going to come? It's been a while. Unlock a chamber. Yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, I think. If it would have came any time before now, people would have been upset. But I think 
if a new Stormcast book comes out, people are like, okay, I, I'm ready. This is probably a nice way to wrap up the show. And someone is saying if they wanted to reach out and hear more about Jack and, um, Certainly, you know, Jack shows off his play style on his channel, Rerolling Ones. If you haven't already subscribed to that, what are you doing? Go on and go check out Rerolling Ones. Got the best battle reports probably on YouTube. Um, although you and Doom are now kind of, ha coming, kind of, kind of having a, a thing right now. <laughs> oh. uh, Doom, Doom, uh, he's like a little brother. We'll see. <laughs> All the details are in, in the show notes here. Uh, Jack, any shout-outs, any places if people want to find you and chat to you? I know you're big on Twitter. Um, yeah, Twitter. Uh, I'm a, I use a Rerolling Ones on Twitter. Um, we are going to start some stuff on Twitch, a little low-key. Um, and a uh, shout-out to, as always, uh, Doug from 2 Plus Tough. He is like – he without him, there would probably be no Rerolling Ones. And we're going to miss him because he's moving to the other side of the country. But uh, yeah, it's it's great the friends you make through this hobby, and I can definitely say he's one of like a really good friend of mine. We talk about stuff that doesn't have to do with AOS. That's how you know they're a good friend. You're bringing a tear to my eye. Uh, but good news is you all confirmed last night on uh, Warhammer Weekly that you're all coming to Australia for CanCon 2022. So I can't wait to see you all. Uh, you, Tom, uh, Doug, everyone's coming. Australia, happy days. Um, thank you all very much. I, I hope you enjoyed this, Jack. That was really awesome. Um, I appreciate it. Scared of the Herald of Shoot Fu, you've come up with some craziness, especially with your mixed order list. But uh, I like the two, and I'm interested to see what Stormcast does when tournaments resume. Uh, I'm so excited to start playing again. I really, yeah, I didn't realize how much I'd miss it. And you're like just getting together the stuff that surrounds the game as well as the game, because like the, the game is like my third favorite thing. I love the community, uh, getting together with people. I love like when you find somebody you can tra talk trash with and just like that's a great part. It's just the game, you know, it has its flaws, uh, but I enjoy uh, every aspect and I enjoy people who enjoy like rerolling ones. Thank you for all the support. It's it's just baffling when people meet you and say how much that you've they enjoy what you do and you're just you know, taking it back. So thank you, everybody. Uh, all right. Well, let's end on this note. Let's have a big hug and uh, you come for the game, stay for the community. Uh, all right. Thanks, folks. Thanks, Jack. Uh, that was awesome. Thank you. G'day. I hope you enjoyed that video and you're left with some new ideas. One of the biggest ways you can contribute to AOS Coach is by liking the video you just watched and leaving a comment in the comment section. This lets YouTube know this is a good video and it should recommend it to other hobbyists. If you'd also like to support the channel even further like these bloody legends, go check out AOS Coach on Patreon. Otherwise, don't forget your triumph.